Hello, and welcome to Hear There Be Dragons, a Black Sails podcast. I'm Lewis. And I'm Chelsea. Woo! And we're back. And here we are. <laughs> um, weekly. Uh, we Weekly <laughs> episodes. Okay, so let's just get down to it. Obviously, we have not been doing weekly episodes. Obviously, we've been pretty bad podcasters lately. Yeah. Um, sorry. Our lives are pretty crazy. You know, we've mentioned before, I'm going to grad school and we just got a lot going on. Um, but we have been failing at this and it has been a, a disgrace yeah. to Black Sails. I don't want to dwell on it too long because we already did this. <laughs> we did already do this. Um, so I think the best we can say is that we are trying out a new format yeah. for this mm-hmm. where we're actually going to be watching the episode while we record this. Um, the trouble is that we get into a vicious cycle, I think, once yeah. um, we're, we're re-watching the episodes and then taking our notes and then sometimes we have to watch the episodes separately because of our schedules and then we get back together and we discuss what we want to discuss or we, we realize we don't remember the episode as crisply as we would have liked to um, and it becomes a vicious cycle of like, okay, well, now we need to watch the episode again. Like, we've actually watched this episode a few times yeah, in the like last few times. weeks because we've been trying to <laughs> get our thoughts together. Yeah. So, and, yeah. So this isn't this isn't really going to be like a commentary track for the episode. We're probably going to pause it as we're watching it to discuss. No. Yeah. More. No. It's not a commentary. Um, so don't feel like you have to watch along with us. But just so you know that that's what we're trying out and what we're doing to see if maybe this is a format that's going to work better for us moving forward, so that we can be more on time. Yes. With our episodes. Um. Before we get into it, I want to do the the uh, something I talked to you about before a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, based on all the uh, promotional stuff for Lost in Space and how oh, the cast yeah, of Black yeah. Sales has been really supportive of Lost in Space. Um, I just had this thought about how I wish that th- this show, um, as I see the people move, as I see the, the people who created the show and the actors and everybody move on to other projects, it just makes me wish so much. Like, I, it's not that I want another season of Black Sails. I just want another season of these people working together. Like, I wish they were an ensemble that came yeah. together to make TV. Well, my hope is that for the upcoming Cleopatra series that maybe we'll get a few familiar faces. But, yeah, I, I wish that we could have sort of an ensemble of yeah. actors. But at the same time, like, you don't want to take away those opportunities for new talents. And, like, I, I did not know these actors before I watched the show. So, right. like, I have to trust their instinct on how they find talent and how they find people who... Yeah, but, because this cast is full of amazing people. Right. But it's just, like, they clearly... Um, they In the process of making the show, they clearly spent so much time with each other in Cape Town. Yeah. And, like, it, it's, it's, it's just clearly a different thing than what other TV shows have done because, mm-hmm. and not just, because a lot of TV show ensembles work very closely together and get better over the course of seasons. Yeah. But these guys are essentially going to summer camp. Yeah. And then like doing nothing but working on the show. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and it yeah. shows. I mean, it's got the cohesion of like, like an old sitcom show, almost like Friends, mm-hmm. where those people had to be on the same set together every single day. Yeah. Yeah. It just became a, like clockwork. Well, and I'm specifically thinking also about, like, theatrical ensembles. Yes. Those as well. Because yeah. we are theater people. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, let's um, talk about the episode. Okay. Gonna Unless you have any other... can. Oh, do it right up fr- in front of the mic. <laughs> ah, nice. Okay. Okay, we're ready to go. Um, so, this episode, we... This episode is a really bad one for us to have not recorded one for for a long time because it's a very, very it's good very, and dramatic good episode. episode. And you also immediately want to watch the finale right after you see this episode. Yeah, so I really hope that none of you have been, like, waiting for us to do that. If you have, it's okay. It's it's going to be good. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. Um, you'll definitely enjoy yourself. God, now I wish we had started. Okay, so we're watching them clean... Um, Eleanor's dad, Richard. Yep, he's dead. Um, I wish we talked about all this other stuff because this this cleaning scene is... I don't have anything to say. Well, we can talk about Eleanor. Oh, yeah, look at her. So, so the first time I watched this, I have to say, it took me a while to buy into the fact that Eleanor was so upset about her dad. Yeah. I felt like I didn't get enough time with them, like, 
together and actually enjoying each other's company Mm -hmm. for her to be this distraught. But I don't know, watching it again, I feel like there's a lot of other factors playing into it, like loss of control, betrayal from Vane, who she loved, and who she felt was also a protector figure. Yeah. You know? But I think also it's easier to read that now on our watch this time because because we know a little bit where she's headed. Whereas before, like, Eleanor's entire arc and, like, her plot stuff has always been... Like, shit keeps happening to her. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how clearly season two has been signaling, like, this shit is the is the stuff that actually changes her. Right. Um, it is. And, it like, is. clearly it is that. But I think that the first time we watched it, we maybe weren't so open to that as a... But, but also, yeah. that's exactly what Max is going through. Right. Max is like, yeah, she's been through shit before. Like, you know, this is obviously, like, going to be a complicated thing about... I mean, her her father's death is obviously going to be a complicated thing, but I know her, and I know... Uh, well, Max, it's like, she, I know this is different. Well, after she meets with her. Yeah, yeah. She comes into this situation saying, I mean, she's going to approach it, her gingerly and, like, with compassion. But I think that we know, based on her, what she says after this scene, that she had a different expectation for how this is going to go. Yeah. I also think that this watch through, I've just been so much more aware of Max and Eleanor's relationship as a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I think we sort of commented in season one about how, like, their relationship ends in the first or second episode, right? Yeah. Like, they break up very, very quickly. So the first time I watched this through, I was kind of thinking of them more as more in like the business relationship they had like they weren't really friends but they were like max was previously contracted under eleanor and now they were sort of these competing business owners but i feel like in this scene especially i'm i'm really reminded that max loved and probably still loves her but also that like eleanor loved max at one point Mm -hmm. and like they had a, a romantic relationship together and they know each other on a much more emotional level mm-hmm. here comes jackie boy <laughs> great body language with the folded arms and the hunched head great look so here's this line where max is saying i thought i knew her mm-hmm. and i don't recognize her right now right. she was something else entirely well and she specifically says she's not ambitious and she's not angry and so what do you think she is i think I think that Eleanor right now is feeling righteous. Yeah. Like she is filled with a, a righteous, not really even anger, but just like a wrong has been done to me and uh-huh. I'm going to make my world right. Uh-huh. No matter what. Yeah, she just seems so sure of herself. Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's like a confidence there that, hasn't been before. There's a deep sadness too, but yeah, I think she's done trying to make accommodations for other people. Yeah. And now here she is going on full on mob boss. Uh, It's funny how we've been referring to the incident last season of her assassinating those people in the dead of night. Yeah. But like, this is her mob boss moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's putting out hits for sure. And here we are in Charleston. Charlestown? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we get our first clock sound. Yeah, there's so much. This this episode and the episode before, Yeah, I didn't say want to say it before. I know. But, like, it focuses so much on that clock. Time <laughs> is running out. Yeah. Well, and the clock. Yes, I, I know. Oh, okay, great. The, well, the clock is a plot device, but also... But I feel like even with some shots in the last episode that like hover on the clock, they're like, there's a clock in this room. Yeah. Look at this clock. Yeah, which is interesting because it's not like other shows where like the clock was also important in the flashbacks where we would have been clued in on that. Yeah. It's like a thousand percent a twist. Yeah. Which I love. I cannot fathom how those people I knew turned into you. They do look so different visually. Which they acknowledged in, I think that was the last episode, where they said, do you think he's going to recognize us? And then 
Right. Do you recognize me and I recognize you? Yes, yeah. 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 I feel like we're not talking enough about what's actually happening. <laughs> so Peter Ash is talking to Flint and Miranda, and well, they're here. I don't, I don't think that's okay. People aren't watching along with us. So okay. They're just listening to our conversation. Okay. Let us know how this goes, guys. It's an experiment for us, an ex- experiment for you. Okay. Yeah. So here Flint is telling the story of how quickly he became a feared pirate, and he's telling the story of meeting a quartermaster that basically uh, he was able to convince to give him a crew. Gates. Um, and he doesn't say it's Gates, but we decided we know it's Gates. Yeah, it's definitely Gates. Um, and then Peter Ash wants them to answer for the murder of Alfred Hamilton. It's so funny because that line st- stuck out to me originally. It was just like, why do you care, dude? Well, I mean, I think that... I think that morality is a major theme of this episode and Peter Ash has created this like warped form of morality where like it's okay for him to have betrayed his best friends, but it's not okay for them to have committed murder. Yeah. Even though that betrayal ended up in the death of someone and is now going to end up in the death of two people. Yeah. Like he, I think in order to live in society and to gain this position that he got, he's had to do some mental gymnastics to put himself where he is. Well, and he says, if he hasn't already said, he says later in this episode that civilization is the, is the choice between two bad outcomes. I think, yeah, yeah. What is it's it? That, that's like a very that. misquoting. Like someone says, <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, he'll say it and we'll say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a theme of the show that this this man who's living in, quote unquote, society mm-hmm. is living out a very particular form of morality. Yes. And Flint is living in a world of morality where that wasn't murder, that was justice. Yeah. Oh, and now he's asking to not be judged, but instead to be, you know continuing on the mission of that they originally created again in society Mm -hmm. did we just talk over the moment where miranda takes credit for alfred hamilton's death yeah we did what do you think of that i think it's really interesting that she does that so bravely and i think it has a lot to do with her status as a woman Mm. it's mentioned I feel like it's sort of mentioned before, um, I might be thinking of a different episode though, but, you know, women, even though we see people like Anne and Eleanor in these positions of power, like they, there is still a thing of like, they're not going to kill a woman. They're not going to, uh, you know, it's, it's still like impolite to hit a woman in polite society. So you think she's taking the brunt of the blame so that she yeah. can lessen the impact for Flint? Yeah. Okay. I think she still she does definitely believe that she deserves most of the blame, but I think she's also in a somewhat protected position as a woman. I think that she also wants to... There's a part of that physicality that reads to me as like, she wants to show that she was changed and hurt by this too. Oh, maybe. Like, yeah. like he's... I don't know if Peter Ash has done this really so much, but there has been a singling out of Flint mm-hmm. as you're the pirate and you went off and you became this bad person. Yeah. And I don't know if he knows the arrangement that like she was just waiting at home, but like, I think she's like actively trying to be like, no, like I, I started subscribing to this lifestyle too yeah. because it was awful. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what productivity that would have, but there's something about the way she inserts herself. That's just like, I got bad too. Yeah. Um, well, and it also makes me think of that moment in one of the flashback scenes when they're about to leave um, because Thomas has been caught and she yeah. just has that moment of, I was his wife. Yeah. And she, it, yeah. yeah. Her pain has been, she's, her pain is constantly forgotten in this. Right. Right. Um, so, so now we're back on the pirate ship. Billy has, has this adorable moment with the men where they're yeah. all like, it's a bad omen to go up there and fix the yeah. problem with the rigging. And he says, he says, you're all good people. And then he goes to do it himself. <laughs> it's yeah. so, it's, I always it's a cute appreciate moment. the lighter moments. Oh yeah, I for feel like sure. there's a really nice balance where there's something in every episode that, that lightens and lifts. Well, and it's a small moment of Billy being like, the role of, the, of my leadership here is to... Yeah. 
is to, um, I don't know, somehow absolve these men. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a glimpse of what a society built in Billy's image would look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so here we get the burial, very religious ceremony. Um, I wish I knew more about this Bible passage, um, but I just am not Do you want that, to Google it? that familiar. Um, sure, we can. Um, I mean, I've definitely heard it before, like, my cup overflows. I feel like it's a very famous phrase. I'm, I'm assuming it's a sort of, not typical, but you know, a dependable, reliable. I don't know anything about Bible reading. You're the one who went to Catholic school. I'm sorry, holy names, I'm failing you. Uh, Psalm 23. Okay, it's Psalm 23. Um... Yeah, I mean, I feel Wait, like is this heard a this combi- before. Is this a combination of several... Oh, no, here it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is very famous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Even you've heard of it? Yeah. So, wait, is... um, So, does that just mean this is some generic Bible... Well, it's not generic, but... Well, you know what I mean. The same like way that religion in the show is, general, is generic, and they haven't named a single religion. Yeah, it might be. Okay. Just a common burial phrase. That was a great diversion. This is the sort of in-depth conversation that you come to your library dragons for. Yeah, and all the typing. <laughs> um, okay, so I still strongly dislike Pastor Lambrick. I think we're supposed to. Yeah. Couldn't find sure. a more greasy-looking person. <laughs> Um, now Eleanor's trying to broker a deal with Underhill. I feel like we're getting more of her mob boss face here. She's brokering deals literally at her father's funeral. Yeah. Her father's daughter. Yep. This man also has a very good look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Underhill. Well, we've heard about Underhill for yeah. a while now. I always kind of forget to match this guy's face to that name when I hear it. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, now we get... Um, We're back to Flint, Miranda, and Ash. We get the plan. It looks like they're having the same conversation, right? Yeah, this feels like a, a continuation. This is interesting to me because I feel like Peter Ash has sort of gone through all of these roadblocks before with the original plan. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're kind of rehashing this conversation now that they're both in better positions to make it actually happen. Okay, well, now that we know, because we've watched this episode and because presumably if you're listening to this episode, you know how it ends. Yeah. Now that we know exactly where Peter Ash is coming from, yeah. doesn't it call into question exactly how on board he was with the plan from the beginning? Yes. Um. I mean, okay, but let's back this up for a second. Yeah. We. It's not like he was always, like against Flint and Miranda and Alexander, or, uh... Hamilton. Thomas. Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, Thomas Hamilton. We're um, theater people. Stop. Um, <laughs> there's that clock. <laughs> the camera just did a kind of awkward <laughs> wobble over to include the clock while Peter Ash is standing it's by the clock. window. Um, it's right there. Um, okay, real quick. One thing I was going to say. Okay, so originally... Peter Ash says that he wants to join in the plan. He's like, how can I help you out, my friends? Um, we also recently watched this documentary on Scientology called Going Claire. <laughs> and there's a connection, I promise. Um, most, or Scientology mm. at least Look at starts th- out, positive if you need to. Sorry. Scientology at least starts out as like a lifestyle advice thing. Where it's like, this is healthy for you. This is good for you spiritually. And... Um, and then they get you, that's how they get you in. That's how they draw you in, into all this cult stuff. Um, not saying that Thomas and Flint are in a cult, but I'm sure that he was like, oh, that idea sounds great. That sounds like it aligns with my Christian values and I want to be a good person and I want to believe in redemption. So yes, I'll join them. But as he gets further into the belief system, I'm sure that he started to find the fault lines in it and started thinking that it's not actually going to happen. It's not actually practical, which then made it easier to betray them. Okay. That tracks. And that's why Flint is a Scientologist. No. 
Okay, we're back in. Okay. And he's very he's very dramatically saying And Miranda the, sees that clock. Yeah, oh, and now she we're zooming in on that clock. She sees that clock. <laughs> she is she is <laughs> face acting at that clock. Okay, so Peter Ash has just said we need a name. Um Yeah. What is it what is the meaning of the name? They need a name to be governor? No, they need a name to give to England. They need a scapegoat. Basically. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I re- this whole part of the episode. And yes, yes, I remember this. Yes. And they need Flynn's name. And here's so where we definitely get a separation, or a very clear separation, from Flynn's perspective between James McGraw and Captain Flint. Mm-hmm. He's very clear and very aware that Flint is a different person from James McGraw. Well, he kind of has to be in that mindset when he walks into this room. I mean, just being here has already put him into that place. Yeah. Yeah. You know what is interesting, though, is that he doesn't change his appearance at all to meet Peter. No. Like, he doesn't cut his hair or take his earring out or try to find different clothes or anything, which is interesting. That is kind of interesting. I would have expected him to... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it means, really, but it, if it's just coming from a point of honesty and maybe showing showing off his experience and his knowledge of piracy. Who was that guy just drawing? There was a pirate. I think Charleston. Oh, okay. There like was a the, pirate drawing. Oh, and a pirate playing the violin. They're these guys artistic. Are, these guys are not monsters. They're theater people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's Silver. Oh, my God. I love Silver. Yeah. Sorry, we've already seen Silver this episode, but yeah. Okay, so that he and... What's that guy's name? Do we know his henchman's Ooh, guy's name? I forget. His there. henchman, though, always has the worst ideas. His henchman is just like always wanting to run away or kill somebody. No, but the thing is here, in this, he hasn't really broached the subject yet because um, Vane hasn't started attacking yet. Yeah. But when he says to leave the ship, that's not a bad idea. It's just, I, I, or, okay, my reading of that is that him saying we can escape the ship now and avoid slaughter at the hands of Vane, I think is actually what Flint would do if Flint were not attached to the crew of the walrus. I think we're going to see that beat. Do you beat. mean Flint or Silver? Sorry, Silver. Okay. I think we're going to see that beat later on. Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait until we get there. Okay. I may have to rejudge that. Okay, so now Silver's walking under, he's looking at the hammocks. So the, they're hammocks, right? Yeah, they're hammocks. Okay. I wonder if there's a more piratey term for that. <laughs> um, and then he sees oh, Randall. Oh, oh. oh, my God. Oh, this is so sad. I did not remember that Randall left us this early. I know, me neither. I definitely forgot that, too. But I think, so also remember a while ago when I was saying that Randall is Silver's first relationship. Yeah. On the walrus. I think that Randall's death is the primary reason that Silver stays I, on the boat to I rescue the crew. Think that it I think for the purposes of this episode it is, yes. Sure. This is a crystallization moment for Silver. Yeah. Of and I think Silver at that moment was just kind of realizing how much Randall meant to him. Yeah. And we've talked before about how Silver has, like, shown very little remorse on this show. Yeah. Not just remorse, but just even, like, pause in the face of death. Yeah. And, like, that was pause. Yeah. He was shocked. You know, he didn't do that when he saw Gates. Yeah. He sprung into action when he saw Gates. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love this shot of Billy up in the rigging watching the pirates climb on board from above. Yeah, it's really, Very cool. Yeah, so we get Vane's crew here. Um, and I think it is interesting. I mean, obviously Vane wants this ship. He wants to take over, but it, it's striking to me how willing Vane and his crew are to kill other pirates in this moment. Yeah. Compared to where he ends up at the end of the episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause they're just going to town. Yeah. I mean, they don't, but like, they're not in a scenario where they need any of those people. They can sail yep. this boat out of the harbor themselves. Right. Um, but that's why it also like, I feel a little bit cheated by the choreography and the beats, the the pacing of this scene, oh. because by the time, 
Oh my god, it's vicious. Yeah. By the time it gets to Vane versus um, Billy, mm-hmm. you feel like, oh, this is to the death. This is blood. Sure. Um, especially in this moment. And like, the, the camera sh- Yeah, so now we're just watching Billy and I Vane mean, go at it. And like, I love watching them fight, though. <laughs> it's very cool, but also, it feels like it's setting you up for like, only one of them is going to come out of this alive. Um, and, um, when, and I feel a little bit cheated as a viewer when it ends without... Vane killing Billy. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but I do feel a little bit like you were just showing me this vicious pirate takeover. Right, but knowing what Vane says at the a little bit later to Billy, I think he values him. No, he does. As a crew member. I do kind of wish they had that there was a little moment of that earlier so that we knew that Vane wants Billy alive. I mean, I think that's sort of what is I think Billy going up to fix the rope serves a couple purposes. It shows more of his relationship to the crew. It gives him that cool viewpoint for the shot to see the pirates coming on board and to warn people. But it also is just reminding us that Billy is a leader yeah. on the crew. He's valuable. Yeah. You know, he's strong. He works hard. But The even, men respect him and love him. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about Vane and Billy later when we have their scene. But yeah. we'll talk about them later. Okay. We're back to Flint and Miranda. Um, mm-hmm. Flint's about to tell the story about where the name Flint came from. Yeah. Um, okay, there's a little quiet moment here. I'm going to talk about the Flint and Blint, Billy thing, or the, Sil- the uh, Billy and okay. Vane thing. Um, do we know how Vane knows Billy so well? Uh, I would just assume that he's gotten a good reputation. Okay, it's just not reputation. Oh, yeah. Well. Okay. That's what I think. Okay, that was And a- I think that Gates was also really well respected, and Billy was sort of <coughs> seen as, like, the guy to be following in Gates' footsteps. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of like if the walrus is the most feared crew, then yeah. everybody knows, like, who's next in the line. Right, right. Yeah. They all know each other. Okay, so he's telling the story about his grandfather right now, or his father? Yeah, his, I think it's his grandfather. Um, who, yeah, he sees a guy come on board, um, just right out of the water, and the guy's name is Flint, and then he goes to get something or tell somebody about it. And then uh, when he comes back, the guy's gone. Yeah. I love this. I love... uh, The show is just at its best when it's Toby Stevens just, like, leaning back and telling a story. (laughs) It's actually when any of them are telling a story. Yeah. Um, When asked his name, the man simply replied, Mr. Flint. So, um... To me, this story really calls back to the moment that Flint and Gates are talking together about the sea and how the sea, um, how the sea claims us. Yeah, it says... We're born from the sea. The word, the, what he says is, uh, it makes us and then it claims us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's exactly what the story is. Yeah. It's making someone and then claiming him. And I, and that's what Flint is doing. Yeah. Or James is doing. James is making someone, and he is ready for the sea to claim him. He says something like that, right? He says, "Yeah, yeah. this is that the sea had conjured that man out of nothing and then taken him back." It's pretty much exactly what he. It's got to be a callback. Absolutely, these yeah. are smart writers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's and then just, he name checks Mr. Gates. Yeah. Like, so yeah, we're supposed to be thinking Gates about... Gates is everywhere in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I feared the man I was about to create. Yeah. I feared that someone born of such dark things would consume me were I not careful. And I was determined only to wear him for a while and then dispose of him when his purpose was complete. It's so sad to think about James in this moment thinking that he is so close to disposing of Flint. Yeah. When, at least if we're to go off of Treasure Island, he's never going to dispose of Flint. No. Am I ready to let him go? The truth is, every day I've worn that name, I've hated him a little more. Oh, God. But you're so right. This is setting us up to be, to like kind of realize like, God, James is the real man here. And he hates Flint. Yeah. And... You know, um, you're right. The, the the perspective of Treasure Island and knowing... And I think, sorry, just really quick. Yeah. I think that that hope of him 
that he's expressing of being able to let go of Flint is why Miranda doesn't immediately tell him about the clock. Yes, because she knows yeah. the game is up. Yeah. <sighs> what were you going to say about Treasure Island? I mean, I was just going to repeat your point. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's tragic. And I think we've said something, we said it at the end of season one, that like, of all the characters that you... Flint looms so large in Treasure Island and he's not in it. Yeah. Um, and there and he's talked about so much and you and this show for as unclear as some character development and stuff is in season 1 the thing that's so pitch perfect is you look at our character of Flint and you're like, "Oh, that's the Captain Flint they're talking about in Treasure yeah. Island." But you know, at this point in the show what we're watching now, you're seeing a man who hates Flint and is re- so ready to let him go. Yeah. I think you have to consider Oh my God! This isn't even him yet. Yeah. Like oh, we we haven't actually seen the real Flint. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so um. So this is the moment that Silver's deciding to, or they're trying to figure out what to do next. The crew's captured above. They're down below. They've clearly not been detected. Silver looks at the knife. Or no, he looks, he at, looks Randall. at Randall. And that's the moment of decision. Is That knife is Randall's knife, right? Yeah, it's like a cooking knife. We've seen him using it a lot. Come with me. Where are we going to execute the third option? There's always another option. There's, other, there's always another way? I forget what his line is. Yeah. <sighs> Um, Eleanor's making more deals with Underhill. Deals, 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 deals. <laughs> um, um, this, this scene is interesting to me because this is the scene where she refutes that she's a pirate. Mm-hmm. And I think before she would have said that she was. Yes. Before her dad died. Yeah. Which is sort of next to what I said earlier about Miranda being like, hey, 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 I'm a pirate too. Yeah. It's Eleanor saying, I am not this. Yeah. I am a part of civilization. How could you trust a pirate? I am, I am no, no pirate, pirate sir. sir. That's like um, Lord of the Rings. I am no man. I am no man. Mm. Mm-hmm. We should watch that again. Yeah. I should get that on Blu-ray. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I just feels like Eleanor here is sort of at the beginning of declaring a war on piracy. Yes. Through the lens of. This is so Breaking Bad. I've ended their endeavor before it began. You've ended it. How? I. Through this montage. I love when shows do this. (laughs) What? When any show does this sort of thing where like. There's a conversation happening, and they're not quite saying what's going on, but they're sort of talking about it. And then the and show then shows us. And flashes of, like, what's actually going on. Yeah. I love that. You love TV dramas. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole genre of it shows just out. for you. I love TV. Oh, and here's Jack and Featherstone. And Anne's and back. Anne comes back. Oh. Look at her. She we looks see so much of her face. She looks different. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, yeah. it's just the angle of her hat and the yeah. way she's looking at him, but she looks like she's changed. Yeah. Just landed. Uh, like, look how much of her face we see, even though she's still wearing her hat. Oh, I've told you what it, what this scene reminds me of. No, it doesn't remind me. Oh wait, it hasn't. It's not started happening yet. Okay. I'll tell you once it starts <laughs> happening. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love this reunion. Jack is so unsure. He's like... Oh it was a hard God. fucking choice I put on you. I and he says, I didn't think I was going to see oh. you again. And his voice is breaking. Ugh. Because when she left, he was at the point where, like, I don't know her at all. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I never knew her. And he was, like, he was, like, going through the stages of losing her. Oh, He yeah. was, like, distraught. And then he was, like, upset. And yeah. then he had come to acceptance. He had come to, like, you know what? It's time for her uh, to move on. Yeah, I didn't know her. I never did, and she had to leave. And I think that's what you can see on Jack's face that's just sort of like, I don't deserve this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then... And now I love that Anne is back in her protector role. She is there 
physically to protect Jack, to save him. Not that he needs saving, but... No, he needs saving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, she is... She's back with a vengeance. I told you the scene that this reminds... Speaking of montages that take place after a character has said something that you don't know Uh what it is they're talking about, reminds me very much about my favorite movie series, Star Wars, (laughs) Episode 3, when they do execute Order 66. Why are you talking about Episode 3? Because that's a scene that this it reminds me of. This is the first time you've brought up Star Wars in this podcast and you bring it up with episode three. This is not the first time I brought up... This is not the first time <laughs> I brought up Star Wars on this podcast, Chelsea. <laughs> oh. Okay, anyway. That, that scene where Anne saves them reminds me of when Yoda kills a clone trooper before a clone trooper can kill him. Anyway. Okay, great. Anyways. Now Anne, we're back at the dinner scene. Anne's fighting is way better than Yoda's fighting. Agree. Oh, episode three is bad. Okay, no, no, yeah. <laughs> we can't we're, go we're, down we're this <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, okay, so we're at dinner now. I'd like to speak with my guests privately for a moment. Oh, my gosh. Also, just really quick back about Anne. I just love that she, she has felt obligated to be with Jack this whole time. Like, she's felt like she's owed him something. But... I don't think she feels that anymore because she made the choice to come back to him. Yeah, and that's such a powerful thing. Yeah. That you're so right. Yeah. It's cool. It's very cool. All right, so here's where Peter is like, I'm on board. However, there's a big old but. Big old but. (laughs) My plan will require an act of you, Mr. McGraw, if it is to succeed. What's so crazy is that in real life, Peter Ash is married to Miranda. What? Yeah. That actor is married to... Yeah. They're married. Her? What's her name? Louise Barnes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Have you told me that on the podcast before? Uh, I think I've told you that in real life before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, So, Max, Max is like... I know what Eleanor's trying to do, and we're going to get that gold anyways. We're going to get it anyways. She's the underdog? Yes, fuck it. Fuck her. Yeah, Anne. We leave now. Ooh. <laughs> and Max is like, I like that. Max is turned on by that. <laughs> Go get us our prize, she says to Jack. Yes. And I love this moment so when Anne reunites with Jack they have this very emotional conversation and connection and they're reuniting emotionally and then when she sees Max again they just have to touch they have to have like a physical moment together oh yeah that's really nice also look at their costumes they look so fucking cool (laughs) (laughs) but it's just um, um moment of intimacy that's so lovely like she knows that jack needs words and needs emotion but max just needs that touch yeah love languages (laughs) all right so the vikings are trying to leave vikings oh yeah i think of them as vikings okay that's fair okay so silver is saying his plan Mm -hmm. which is to cripple the ship so that they can't leave yeah and his buddy Mr. He looks like somebody. He looks like somebody you know to me. What? He looks like a child star that now this is his first role after being a child star. Okay, that's fair. Sure. Doesn't he? Yeah. Like he's had the same haircut his whole life. He just <laughs> It's funny how you say you said earlier that you think he's a dummy. And I think in this No, scene, I just think he has bad ideas. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I think that uh, he's actually proven to be kind of uh, really reliable. and like He's a good sidekick. Yeah, he's ex- an extremely good follower. Yeah. 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 Just tell me this. Are you suggesting we do this to save ourselves, or are you suggesting we do it to save the crew? So this is the moment. Or this not, is, this is... I don't know if this is the moment. This but is like, the moment. Yeah, this is... Silver on his journey of realizing he's part of this crew and realizing that he cares about them and yeah. realizing that he cares about something maybe. Yeah. Um, 
And that, like, and every other tense moment of, like, which way do I go, it's always been decided by, like, he is going to go where the gold is. But this moment is not defined by that. Yeah. No, I think this is a major, major turning point for him. Yeah. Um, Which is clearly a very important part of Silver's character journey. Mm -hmm. And now we have... All right, now we're back with Vane and Billy. Look at that captain's quarters. The Spanish warships. Really beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Mr. Gates' boy, aren't you? That tells us a lot about how he knows about Billy and what he knows about Billy. Yeah. Yeah. And here's where we get Vane's... Not confession. He just said confession, which is why I thought of it. His definition of a proper pirate. Mm-hmm. He says that he is in it for our way of life, not drunk, <laughs> not tre- treasonous, and is dedicated to freedom Ooh. and loyal to a fault. Oh. And that that is a proper pirate. It reminds me of Ned's rules about Treasure Island, how you get the treasure. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I forget yeah, yeah. all they all were. Yeah. But one of them was don't be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And loyal to a fault. That is the definition of Billy. Yeah. Loyal to a fault. It's funny how this is like, this is such a good read of Billy, but it's a, it's a read of Billy from season one. What do you mean? Like, which we, we know as the episode goes on, that that Billy has changed and that he's not loyal to a fault. He is, he's got a view of the world that has been impacted by his experience with the British. Oh, sure. I think he's still loyal to a fault to his men. But you're right. He's not completely loyal to Flint or to... Um, I mean, like he totally schools Vane here when he says this stuff. Yeah. Vane doesn't believe him, but There's you can no see... There's no difference between you and me. But you can see... That it's having an impact on Vane, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This, I mean, this is what changes Vane. I mean, this episode is full of moments that change people's lives forever. Yeah. And decisions that change everybody's lives forever. This is my favorite episode so far. Yes. For sure. That's fair. It's got action, drama, fight scenes, mm-hmm. big twists, really good acting. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, totally flipping Vane's worldview on, on its head. Because Billy is like, your plan is to just keep fighting and fighting and fighting other crews, but that that's not going to do anything when the British come, and they're coming. Mm-hmm. So whatever Silver's doing here shakes the boat, which made, makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know what it is he's doing, <laughs> but whatever he is, it shakes the whole boat, <laughs> and I think that's funny for some reason. It seems very dangerous to me that all you have to do is cut one rope to shake and destroy the entire boat. Yeah, it doesn't seem... I'm sure it is correct, but it's just the effects of it, like things falling over in the office is very funny. <laughs> well, so, but... Also, they immediately know that that means that someone else is on board. Clock. Real close. Really <laughs> intense close up on the clock. Well, we're about to get the full clock reveal, so. Yeah, yeah. So here's where we get Peter's full proposal. Um, he says basically, like, I can do it. I can convince people, but I do need a scapegoat. Um... Which is interesting to me. Why? I mean, because it's clear that he's doing this to be vindictive, right? Right. I don't. I don't think that like having Flint shamed is a hundred percent pure. No. Wait. What do you mean pure? Like, I don't think he's like to complete the plan. We absolutely have to do this. I think it's like to complete the plan. And also because I'm scared of you. No, I absolutely think that we're supposed to read it that way. Yeah. I think that's how Miranda's reading it that way. And that's why she's making these faces at him. (laughs) (laughs) 
these faces during this dinner. We're into calls bullshit. Okay, so Peter Ash is telling. Okay, and then woof. Miranda makes that face. Okay, I'm sorry. This is not good audio because I'm just taken away by the the face acting in this scene. So yeah. Peter Ash is asking Flint to expose himself in front of everybody. Yes. Basically and saying, live in your truth and and make it and make it clear to everybody. Which is so Well, the monster slain. Right. But but in his place will stand before all the world a flawed man, a man that England can relate to. No. And offer its forgiveness. This expression right here, I think, is him thinking, you know what? At least Flint will be dead. And I can live with that. I, I think that that's what this moment is. I just also want to think about the, the the ask from Peter Ash to expose himself here next to the thing that we just heard a few episodes ago, which is no, no shame. Yeah. Which is to stand out proudly and... and well, not, not really necessarily to stand out proudly, but just internally. Well, that's the difference. I mean, like, that's what I think that no, no shame can be a rallying cry. Yeah. But what Peter Ash is asking him to do here is not to live without shame. It's to be ashamed. It's to, yeah, it's exactly. It's to bring on shame. Yeah. But I do think that there is that Flint is going to say yes. Yes, he is. He's that, a, he's hand, he's putting out his hand. Right, but I think he's going to say yes, not because he's like forced to, but I think that there is an acceptance of yeah. this is what has to be done. There is a resolution in his face before he turns back. Right, and I think it's that resolution that makes Miranda talk about the clock. Yeah. Oh. So now we get the clock. I don't remember gifting it to you. So I ask again, how is it you came to possess that clock? Oh, Miranda's so smart. And he knows. He knows right there that he's been caught. And Flint knows and that she knows something. Knows <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I wish that Miranda was around for more. Oh. This just feels like she's finally like coming oh, into shoot. her own here and she's like fully herself. She is fierce in this scene. And I love is that she acknowledges that he was so respected in the army. There's no way it just would have been rumors. Yeah. I love that we're reassured about that. We're just watching. <laughs> we're just watching the scene now. Okay, so she's revealing the drama of exactly what happened, which is that he was the one who leaked this information to Alfred. Yeah, I mean, she's revealing that he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's an awful, awful person. And he is responsible for the pain that they've gone through. Yes. And, yeah, he asks for her forgiveness, and she is done. What forgiveness are you entitled to while you stand back in the shadows, pushing James out in front of the world to be laid bare for the sake of the truth? Yeah, that is not going to fly with her. Tell me, sir, when does the truth about your sins come to light? Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, and then... And then oh. Peter Ash says that Alfred was was threatening him and his family. Were you there when I visited Thomas at the hospital? Do you think... I have a question for you. Do you think this happened? Yes. You think he went to the hospital and was I forgiven? Think, yes. I think that Peter believes that this is how things went down. I don't think he's lying here. No choice, a hard choice made under great duress, but with the intent to achieve the least awful outcome. Do you wish to return to civilization? Yeah. That is what civilization is. This is what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Flint just but, doesn't like, even know how, how to react to yeah, this news. How can you say that to these two people in front of you? I'm so sorry for what you suffered, but this is this is such the these two come in here with revolution in their hearts, and he's like sitting. You destroyed our lives. <laughs> <laughs> you caused our exile. Yeah, I mean, oh Flint doesn't even God. know what to do. He's twitching. I mean, just, like, go back and watch this scene about five times, because... As, like Chelsea has. in Chelsea's watched this scene 30 times. It's it's amazing. And yeah. she is incredible in this scene. And then... Oh! 
I hate this man. Dr. Creepiness, or Colonel Rhett, kills Miranda. And Flint is over. <laughs> Flint has a, just a moment where he stands, he just doesn't know what's happened, and then he charges yeah. Colonel Rhett. This scene is so... <laughs> I mean, oh he is broken. I mean, he's not even broken. He He just doesn't even... Yeah, I mean, actually, broken is a good he, term for it. <laughs> this is, a, yeah, this moment breaks him. Abigail screams. I love that Abigail witnesses this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a incredibly acted scene from start to finish. Yeah. It's genius. All right, so Eleanor, we're back to her. <laughs> with that yes, deep sigh like, I gotta like come back down after that scene anyways she makes the deal um, she's she's you know taken over again oh yeah 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 Underhill mentions that her dad was like actually sorry for what he'd done what does that mean that he came to say, like, I'm I'm sorry, and I really am sincere about it. And Underhill was kind of like, okay, I recognize that you're trying to be sorry because you want something from me. Mm-hmm. And then to Eleanor, he's like, you're not even trying to, like, pretend with me. Mm-hmm. And then I love that she says the time for storytelling has passed. Oh. But then. She is also over it. Just in time. Yuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's horny gold. Horny gold. <laughs> and Dufresne? Yeah, and Dufresne. And you Dufresne. Um, you Dufresne. <laughs> yeah, so we get the intrusion again of horny gold. I feel like from this point onward, horny gold is more of a plot device than a character. I feel like almost completely the opposite, actually. Really? Like, he's definitely a plot device, but he also feels like the very natural outcome of the drama and tension that has been happening on the island up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that Hornigold could build a faction of people who are dissatisfied with everything yeah. totally feels right to me. And that Dufresne would be a part of that. And that it, it, it feels to me like the natural resolution of what ha- what should have happened after season one yeah. when everybody said Flint is a bad captain and we want to kill him right now. Right. And to, he's back to the captain of the walrus and he's got, like, 40 of his men in Charleston. Like... It feels like as much as that part of the story has felt a little bit... It's it's all earned, but it's happened so quickly. Yeah. The Hornigold Dufresne faction feels like a very natural result of that to me. And maybe that's what you mean by plot device, but it, to me also rings character true. Yeah. That, like, characters... The character of Dufresne especially could yeah. not have let this happen. That's that's very true. I think I, I think it's... Hornigold specifically feels like any a, a capital A antagonist. Mm-hmm. It's you cool, know, though, that he's which, becoming that, which is not... Yeah. He was not that from the very beginning. Right, right. It's not awful. Um, so Vane has investigated the hold to find who sabotaged the ship, mm-hmm. and he meets Silver and Childstar. <laughs> Meanwhile, someone from Charleston is rowing out to the boat. Yeah, they're going to get the news soon that Flint is going to be... Um, is going to be hung tomorrow in the morn. Um, but I'm pretty sure that everybody knows that they're lying. Knows that who's lying? Uh, the Charlestown people. Oh, about what Flint did. Yeah. 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 I don't think they care. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, this feels like sort of an inevitable outcome. Yeah. That they were going to get the book. Boat back that said Flint attacked me. It, there's not because it has to be the end of the episode. There's not enough time for the people on Flint's crew to be like, "I knew this would happen." But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. that would have been a natural response to this. Just yeah. like, God damn it, why did we do of this? Of course. <laughs> yeah. So they are announcing to the whole crew, which they don't know. It's so good. It's so good because Vane is about to say literally they don't know the difference between the two of us. Yeah. But this on this like convoy is, is like giving this announcement to the pirate ship yeah. as if the pirate ship isn't at war with itself right, right. now. Right. <laughs> it's just it's very cool. Right. They're also very explicit though about like 
this is the end of piracy <laughs> <laughs> and civilization is winning because of this. <laughs> Never send a sidekick to try to get Vane. It's yeah. not going to work. Vane's not going to be held hostage in the hands of a child actor. Okay, I'm going to stop saying <laughs> yeah. that. But we get a united front. A very dramatically out. revealed united front. Yep. Vane. What's going on? He's going to look at everybody very meaningfully before he says anything. Yeah, don't worry. He's going to make sure everyone gets it. <laughs> he's going to look at these. He's going to look at everybody. He's going to be like, they think that you. Eyes on me. And you. And you. <laughs> and you. Are the same. You were right. Yes. He says to Billy. Not 15 minutes after they've had this conversation. <laughs> They can't tell the difference between you and I. Dun, dun, dun. And now Vane's going to do another power monologue. Yeah, Vane is, he really kills those power monologues. And it's an interesting argument. Oh, I love the way he says, Notorious <laughs> captains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I suggest we. Get in the, the hell out of there. <laughs> Little smile from F Silver as if he's like, yeah, this is my plan all along. Yeah, nailed it. Um, and the episode is still not over yet. Yeah, yeah. God, what a penultimate episode. Yeah, lot, lot, lot happens. Um, yeah, but we finish here with um, Hornigold getting those ten pardons in exchange for Eleanor. Who is self-identified as not a pirate. Yeah. However, <laughs> they don't see the difference. Yeah. They don't see the difference between her and Flint. Yeah. I will say, I know it's dramatic effect in the story and whatever. The idea that this guy's an agent of England out on his own in the, in the uh, uh, Caribbean looking for wanted pirate captains and Hortigold puts out Eleanor and is like, what if you found the pirate queen herself? Uh-huh. That doesn't, it doesn't ring true to me that this guy would be like, yeah, that'll, this'll do. I was ordered to find Captain Flint and I'll come back with Eleanor Guthrie. I mean, well, he's, what Hornigold said is, not only is this the pirate queen of Nassau, so I assume that England knows about her, but also Nassau can't function without her. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I'm not saying this ruins the show. I'm just saying if this guy were maybe one tier above in leadership and he was making this decision, I would believe it. But this guy just seems like a messenger or like just a guy who's out well, here no, collecting people. Well, no, he's important people. enough to have ten pardons. But no dialogue. <laughs> okay. I think this is a big win for England and I think he can see that. Okay. Well, yeah, he does it. And that's our episode. Woohoo! All right, so I hope that went well. Are there yeah, any other afterthoughts so that you have that you didn't get a chance to say um, during the episode? Which is, what was it? Tidbits. Any tidbits? Remember tidbits? <laughs> um, I did write down <laughs> what Silver did shook the boat. <laughs> so I've already expressed that part. <laughs> okay, it's not really a tidbit then. Um... No, I mean, I, I think that I said everything. Yeah, this, this format really allows for us to give tidbits as they come. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, mm -hmm. Until next time, uh, I would normally say tweet at us and review us on an Apple podcast, but I'm not sure I want to hear what you have to say <laughs> <laughs> for a few weeks. Well, no, let us know if you like this new format. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, definitely. I think we'll probably try this one more time. Yeah. Uh, at least to see if it works out. I enjoyed myself. I did too. Okay. So positive feedback on this end. Um, yeah. So let us know what you think and, um, we will talk to you soon. We promise. Is that a line from the show? No. Oh, oh, the way you said that made it sound like it's a quote from a character. Um, no, but, um, hmm. I will tell you hmm. that, uh, I am no pirate, sir. 
I, I was gonna say, it's good to be back because I thought I'd never see you again. Jack says that to Anne. Yeah. Is that too dramatic? No, it's a good one. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.